Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. Okay, a little soft entrance here tonight as the music decided not to work at the last second. So that's always good. But anyways, welcome to the 167th episode of the Joe Mays and JRF show. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mays. And besides having Justin Rapoff here as my co-host, we also have, I think for the first time in two years, I think we missed last year, um, we have our um, quote-unquote basketball analyst here with us this evening and, and, and Mr. Adam Filer. Um, he's been with us uh, multiple times before. Um, in addition to um, basketball, I think he was also here for one of our Super Bowl shows. So he's been on a couple times. We're, we're glad to have him back here with us this evening. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about um, in, in the NFL and free agency. But obviously today the biggest thing going on is March Madness selections. And we're going to get to that. So just take a moment here and say uh, welcome to the show again, Adam. It's good to have you. Good to be here. I remember subbing for Justin the one time, but that was a little while ago. Yeah, it has been some time uh, since we've been able to get you on the show, um, but it's good to have you back here because uh, collectively um, the basketball knowledge in this room is pretty much uh, limited to just you. Uh, Justin and I, <laughs> we could kind of BS our way through it, I'm sure, and just kind of go off what's on the screen, but it's definitely a lot better. Kind of what we do every week. Well, yeah, you're right about that. Just to a greater degree. <laughs> exactly. But uh, it's nice to have someone who actually pays attention to uh, – not just, uh, you know, one specific team in college basketball, but what's going on at large. And it's nice to have your viewpoints uh, as we get everyone ready for uh, March Madness, uh, you know, the men's tournament here. And uh, we have uh, a lot of people who don't watch any basketball all year and will watch, you know, these next at least two weeks, if not, uh, um, you know, the next three or four, as we, we crown a national champion. But the next two weeks are kind of the biggest part of uh, – college basketball season because it gets pretty much everyone whether or not you even like sports to do a bracket I, there's people that i know have no interest in sports but still it's just kind of something fun to do yeah and i know of people who fill out the brackets who don't watch a single game they just kind of like follow along and check to see how their bracket is doing but they're not at all interested in the games and they're usually um, people that win right yeah they do a lot better than i do yeah which doesn't mean they necessarily win you don't you can do a lot better than i do and still not win right so um, <clears throat> this evening we're going to talk NFL free agency and also March Madness, which if you're watching us on Ustream, I have uh, the live uh, CBS show going on, so you can watch some of the uh, selections as they're happening. Of course, you'll have to listen to us talk over top of them. Um, but we will get to all of the March Madness stuff uh, in, in a few minutes. But first up, uh, I do want to mention that uh, this is an interactive show. We love to have uh, your take on Ooh, that's not good. We love to have your take on things and uh, 
Justin is going to have that information for you. All right. Yeah. We'd love to have your take. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about a couple different things. We'll talk on NFL stuff and then, uh, definitely, uh, spend a bunch of time on basketball as well, uh, specifically the March Madness, um, and kind of leading into that. Um, we'd love to have your take. You can call the Mace Sandra Shop hotline at 530-563-6297. Again, 530-563-6297. You can also email the show. Um, at jomazeandjraf at gmail.com. Again, jomazeandjraf at gmail.com. Um, we're also all over social media, and Joey will tell you about that. Yeah, we have a huge presence on Facebook and Twitter. We uh, actively monitor both of those throughout the show. So if you have questions, comments, anything about NFL free agency or uh, March Madness going on this evening, uh, hit us up on the Facebook fan page or on the Twitter page at Joe Mays and JRAF. And I'm sure uh, we'll be sending out information regarding, actually, I think it already went out uh, regarding uh, contests. We'll talk more about it later in the episode, but we'll be sending stuff out over social media. Um, so keep an eye out there and you can, uh, you can get to go, um, you know, you can get to where you need to get into the contest. Yeah, you're correct though. I did put it out right before the episode started. I reopened the um, ESPN tournament challenge uh, if you'd like to join our group, you can find the info on our Facebook page or my personal Facebook page as well. Uh, I think the link was sent out as Twitter on Twitter as well. You can join that group um, by clicking on the link and then entering the group password, which for some reason was reactivated from last year. So the password is the same as it was in 2014, which apparently was the same as in 2013 because <laughs> it's PSU, all lowercase 2013. So PSU 2013 is the password again for, for this year's uh, bracket challenge. You know, we get usually about 40 or so brackets, you know, 30, 35 people, 40 plus brackets entered. Uh, it's always a lot of fun. And, you know, it, you really don't have to have any basketball intelligence at all. You just have to do whatever. I mean, we know who won in the past. My sister's won. You know, she doesn't watch any college basketball at all. Our dads have both won, and I, while you know they watch more than my sister, I can't say that. I won't speak for your dad, but I would think it would probably similar. I'm not sure how much college basketball they watch until March. Not a ton. Not a ton. No. <laughs> right, and and last year, um, uh, Ryan Yanchosik won. Um, I wasn't able to track him down to get him on the show, but you know, it just if, if you just have fun with this, uh, you you, you never know what can happen. Uh, and if you win the, the challenge uh, through our show, you get a free show T-shirt and the opportunity to come on the show and uh, discuss a sports topic of your choosing. So uh, ch- check the Facebook page and uh, join our group, and hopefully we can get upwards of 50 brackets like the last few years. Yeah, that would be great. And usually we, we've gotten some, uh, like, as, as you say, like when people can come on the show and, and pick the topic, that kind of kind of worries me depending on who who would win, you know, I, I really don't want to do a show. And I think this may lead into um, uh, a listener email we have. I don't want to do a show on the greatness of Tom Brady. um. (laughs) Yeah, actually, we do have an email this evening, uh, which we're going to discuss right now. And it is from uh, Rich in East Bridgewater, Massachusetts, or as he calls it, the home of the Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. Uh, and, And he's going to help us link into our first topic, which is the NFL free agency and some trades. So, uh, Rich th- starts off, Justin and Joey, I can't wait to hear your show tonight with all that's going on. I have to hear it live because, as you know, I was on vacation the day after my beloved Patriots won the Super Bowl, and I couldn't wait to hear what you guys had to say when I got back. As luck would have it, or Justin erased it, the second half of the recorded show was gone. <laughs> anyway, hey, I know that. Hey, it's funny that a Patriots fan would bring up missing recording yeah. videos. You know, I, uh... Coincidence. 
Anyway, I know that it is Selection Sunday and you will be having your March Madness contest and just about everybody will be picking Kentucky, except maybe my brother Bob, who thinks Villanova has a chance. But can you believe what is happening in the NFL? Most of it revolves around our teams or the NFC East. So first, the easiest East, the AFC. Joey's team, the Miami Dolphins, sign in Damakung Sue. Daryl Rivas goes home to the New York Jets. And LaShawn McCoy gets traded to the Buffalo Bills, all to catch up to my Patriots. Then the NFC East, brother Bills team, the Dallas Cowboys, loses DeMarco Murray. So of all teams, Justin's Eagles. So with all of these changes, what is Chip Kelly doing? Looking forward to your show, Rich, from the home of the Super Bowl champion, <laughs> New England Patriots. So, um, yeah, first topic of the evening, NFL, which, you know, we talk about pretty much every show. We try to put in a little bit of NFL talk. Um, and uh, tonight we're talking the NFL free agency because that is has dominated the uh, the headlines this last week just because of how crazy it's kind of been. And it hasn't so much been the free agency with the guys that are available. No. It's been the trades, which has not been in the marquee NFL thing. Usually trades are left to baseball, hockey, um, and to right. a lesser you extent. You don't see big name guys right. getting traded in the NFL. It just doesn't happen. Baseball, hockey, basketball, NBA, NHL, oh, yeah. MLB, they have those kind of big multi-team, multi-team trades and big marquee players. NFL, not that often. It happens, but not as much as it, as it happens in the other three professional leagues. Well, that kind of changed on Tuesday. Yeah. A lot of, Now, we heard about one or two of them leading up to it, one of them being the LaShawn McCoy trade, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But um, let, let's start first with the free agency in general, some of the big names that have changed teams and the ridiculous amount of money that they have been getting. Then we'll focus on the Eagles and mention LaShawn McCoy among, among the other trades happening in the NFL. So in NFL free agency, the, the biggest name on the market this year was uh, – Lions defensive tackle on Damakon Sue, and coincidentally enough, he ends up signing with my team. So um, pr- pretty crazy. I, I did not expect it two weeks ago. A, w- a week ago when it was breaking, I was on a bus on my way home from New York. Uh, trying not to freak <laughs> out. Trying not probably. to freak out. Um, but, yeah, the Dolphins signed, you know, easily a top three defensive player in the league right now. Um, arguably number one probably with J.J. Watt. Or probably those, one of those two will probably take, take the uh, title uh, at least over the last few seasons. He's been the most dominant defensive tackle in the league um, for at least the last two or three years, and he's been extremely productive in all five years in the league. Uh, he got a ridiculous deal from the Dolphins to the, to the tune of six years, $114 million, with just about $60 million of that guaranteed. And the guaranteed money is pretty much all you should focus on because no matter what happens... Outside of guaranteed money, NFL contracts mean nothing. And, you, and guaranteed... Is that's ninety nine percent guaranteed? That one percent is if you pull an Aaron Hernandez, or if you retire early. Right. You know they can come after some of that right. signing bonus and guaranteed right. money for you to return it. But the hundred fourteen million kind of means nothing unless he'd actually pay out play out all six years without ever restructuring. What you have to focus on is the guaranteed money, and we're going to run through a few of the contracts here, and then when we talk about the Eagles as well. But yeah, sixty million guaranteed, crazy. This is a crazy number. Yeah, for for a defensive tackle. Right, but I, I did hear this crazy thing. Indomitian Sue's dad, five foot eight. All right, nuts. he's like six four, yeah. three fifteen ish, right around there. Big dude. Um, but it, I guess his great grandfather was like seven three, <laughs> like seven three to five eight. <laughs> right, like yeah, like oh my gosh, they said so. You've got you know some some crazy genetics at play in that family. So, um, 
but yeah, that that is literally and figuratively a big addition for for the Dolphins. Um, I'm interested to see how it plays out in affecting the other aspects of the defense. You know, if, if you can sure up the running defense and some of the pass defense, you know, because if he's going to take two offensive linemen to block him every time, or he's demanding that the running back stay in to chip on him or, you know, whatever. Now, all of a sudden that changes things for some already pretty good, or if not great pass rushers that the Dolphins have. Right. And that that's the thing. I don't want to focus on one, one player too much, but being on my team, I'll, I'll take a few more minutes here. Adding Sue is crazy because the Dolphins had probably an undervalued, underrated defensive line before he joined. Now they jettisoned Audric. He was a free agent. He signed with Jacksonville, yeah. who we'll talk about in a second. Um, but they cut Randy Starks related to the Sue deal, but they had Earl Mitchell, who's a, you know, a fine guy paired next to Sue. Fine. But it's the Dolphins defensive ends now that you have to worry about. Cause if you have to double team Sue, that just means that Cameron week, Cameron wake and Olivier Vernon who have already proven themselves to be solid without a star defensive right. tackle hogging up blocks in the middle. Now, essentially those four guys, wake Mitchell, Sue and Vernon, you have to block them with at a minimum five guys, quite possibly six. So now you have six guys to block those four. That that creates a lot of problems right. for offense. It opens your game plan. It, yeah, it gives you a lot to kind of um, use to defend in the back like side there against you know the likes of Tom Brady who are going to be trying to pass on that even and probably pass quickly. Um, you know to not have Tom Brady sitting back there. Now but, you. Probably have one last person going out for a route. You have five linemen keeping a tight end or keeping a back, not going out on a passing route. Also, the Dolphins you, don't have to send pressure. Right. You don't have to send a it linebacker. You to double team some of those other guys right. in the backfield, like I don't know Gronkowski when he comes out, who needs two defenders on him. You right. know, like so. It, it if you can if it works out and they can get the pressure that they anticipate from this, you know, great defensive line can hide you know, deficiencies, deficiencies elsewhere in the backfield. So right. I think that's not that they have gaping deficiencies, but I think, no, they're there. They have a, a lot few to years address. Ago, they had great secondary and really not much up front. Cameron Wake was a pleasant surprise for them coming out of CFL. Now I know that's going back a few years now, but at the same time, um, you know, now it's kind of shifted and up front on defense, they're much better or anticipate, we anticipate them to be much better. And in the backfield on defense, a little bit of an unknown right now. Right. Now, speaking of defensive backfield, the um, rival money. New England Patriots lost um, one of the best, if not the best corner in the league, always up for debate, but he certainly thinks so. Uh, he's bet on himself a, a couple times now, and he's won every time. He, he leaves New England to go back to the Jets, who he played for just three years ago. He signed a five-year, $70 million deal with thirty mil, $39 million guaranteed. Nothing like, uh, you know, addition by subtraction or a double, you know, we talk about all the time, you know, if you take someone, something away from your division, that's like, that's plus one and minus one. So it's really, you got two. like winning divisional games. You know, it's it's a two game swing, you know, here it's a two player swing. You had the best team in your division lose arguably their best defensive player. Quite possibly. And possibly the best defensive player in the league at, in the backfield. At least, yeah, at least, at least in the secondary. And you gained him, you know, so like that's a, that's a super, not just regular players, but a team lost a superstar. You gained a superstar that that's, that can be big. Now, you, you know, a lot of guaranteed money, 39 million guaranteed 
for a cornerback. Who's going to be 30 this right. year. Now, in, in all fairness, you know, with Todd Bowles going to the Jets, he likes to play aggressive defense, and you need guys that can just go lock up one-on-one and shut a guy down. And that's what they need to do. And Revis, to this point, has proven he's able to do that. Yeah. So, um, And he creates favorable matchups on the other side because if you do need to rotate help, you usually don't need to rotate it to his side. Yeah, and the, the, the Jets actually completely revamped their defensive backfield over the last two years. Last year they drafted Calvin Pryor to play strong safety. They added a new, a new up upgraded the free safety position. I can't remember off the top of my head what free safety they added. But besides Rebus, they also welcomed back Antonio Cromartie. Right. Uh, so they have uh, definitely have a different look in the defensive secondary. Due a to different Jets. same look. Yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of. Welcome to 2013 yeah. or 2012. The new, the new old Jets. Right. The new Jets, the same as the old Jets. At least I but hope so. But in all fairness, it's the same from the Jets, not like the last couple of years, but a few years before that, where their defense – was really good. They'll have a good defense. Um, They'll have a solid receiving core. A lot of people core. say, like, have they done – well, who'd they get? What receiver? Oh, they got Brandon Marshall. for Brandon Marshall. Which, but so offensively, they still need somebody to get their playmakers the ball. So some question marks there still. All right, we're going to run down a couple of the big big uh, signings before we move on to the Eagles and run down the trades and then finally get to talk a little bit of basketball here. But first, um, some of the other big deals that happened with former Broncos tight end Julius Thomas signed with the Jaguars. Five years, he got $24 million guaranteed. Somebody said he left Peyton Manning to go to the or to go to the Jaguars, the last big contract he'll ever sign. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it is all about uh, the money. No offense, and, though, whatever. Like, and I've said this. I think it's basically like, look, if money's not going to be that close, like if Peyton Manning had like more than a year or two left, possibly one year left, you know, I think Julius Thomas may stay. But he do, he doesn't, and and we saw that kind of at the end of this year. You know, he may ha- be able to regroup and have a solid year next year. But if he retires after next year, then Julius Thomas is stuck there in Denver's rebuilding because right. it's going to be a complete rebuild in Denver when Manning leaves. And they may not think that, and they may not try to have it that way. But it's going to fall apart quick. And they're not going to get the free agents that they were getting. And I think they're starting to see that already. I think – I thought I heard Denver was offering seven, maybe $8 million a year for Thomas, and he was able to get a little over nine. So, um, it looks like uh, he was looking towards the Florida, where there's no state. Right. So, he's actually going to end up getting more. Staying with Florida, um, Miami defensive tackle Jared Odrick, former Penn Stater, actually from Lancaster County, um, moves up north in Florida to the Jaguars. He signs a five-year deal, $22 million guaranteed. Jaguars are real players in free agency. They have to be. Open. A lot of people talk has been happening that as of, I think, the start of league year next year, at some point in the beginning of the 2016 league year, there was a minimum cash yeah. that every team had to spend, and there's a lot of teams that aren't, aren't close to it. So they have to be active this year and next year to get to that. Um, the Ravens lost speedy wide receiver Torrey Smith to the 49ers, five years, $22 million guaranteed. And the Texans cut long time, I think, 13-year wide receiver Andre Johnson. He signed, quickly signed a three-year deal with Again, the Colts. Another superstar going to a team you're trying to catch. That's, that's tough. Um, you know, the Texans are trying to catch up to the Colts. The Texans, I think, did a little better than some people expected last year. Um, but now you added Andre Johnson with a quarterback of – Andrew Luck, you know, I think if if there's any way he's going to, you know, kind of revive and get a couple more solid years left, you know, our output going to the Colts is is a perfect spot for him. Yep. With the speed of T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief. Exactly. And an actual running game now, too. Right. You know, like the Colts. And another year on Andrew Luck, another year in the system. I think the Colts made out really well in free agency. They got Trent Cole to kind of be a pass rusher or just a pure pass rusher again. Like, 
that's what he did so well in Philadelphia. That could um, be a nice one-two punch at running back, like you were saying, with oh, yeah. Gore and Heron. Yeah, I mean, they're... I, I think the Colts made some major upgrades, and I, I like what they did in free agency without really pulling off many trades there. I don't think there were really trades. Those no. were all free agents. Yeah, those are all free agents. Right. All right, Philadelphia. Now, we'll run through this and then talk a few minutes about a few of the significant uh, things that happened. Um, first off, they resigned two of their owns that they probably needed to resign. Brandon Graham, despite having maybe, I don't want to say limited snaps, but in the rotation, he was probably one of their better defenders when he was on the field. Um, they resigned him, I think, a four-year deal. They also gave Mark Sanchez uh, backup quarterback money, two-year deal, a couple million dollars, um, which and is fine. I'm fine with he that. played As okay in relief. He's not a Absolutely. starter, but for right. what he did, I have no problem with that. Right. He he managed it and gave him a chance to win some games. You know what? That's all you can really ask from a backup quarterback. And I think last year when he had a chance to kind of prove himself in a system where quarterbacks really should be able to prove themselves, he he proved himself to be a, a a reliable backup in my opinion. And, and I think, you know what, that's, that's a heck of a position, you know, cause you never know. And we'll talk about it with the Eagles. You definitely don't know with the Eagles when they may need to call on Mark Sanchez this yeah. coming year. So, all right. And then a couple of their signings, they gave cornerback Byron Maxwell a six year deal with 25 and a half million guaranteed. Now, essentially, if you're looking at, it, if you use the higher level metrics, which we talked about two weeks mm-hmm. ago, um, Maxwell was essentially the same player as Kerry Williams. And when you look at it, Kerry Williams ended up in Seattle. It's almost as if the Eagles traded Kerry Williams for Byron Maxwell. Um, we'll but see in what direction of, right, this I think goes. Kerry Williams didn't make, do himself any favors. He talked and I too think, much. Right. And I think, I think what it basically came down to was the Eagles, if we're going to pay a cornerback, if it's going to be Kerry Williams or Byron Maxwell, we're going to pay Byron Maxwell because imagine this, the Seattle player being more of the team player, at least – vocally uh, or at least to the media you know and things like that like he wasn't the major loudmouth in in seattle who, which has plenty um you know and they got another one with carrie carrie williams yeah and he, he was okay um i think the problem was carrie williams at times was asked to be a number one and many times he was paired up with the number two you know like because they put or a four fletcher on him and he was god awful and it just it didn't he had a lot of moments where he, he wasn't getting it done, and he ran his mouth. So he kind of put the target on his back. Right. So every time something went wrong for him, like it was kind of magnified because he, in other areas, put the target on his back. They um completely made over at least their starting cornerback duo. from They went from Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher to Byron Maxwell, and they also signed Walter Thurman to a one-year deal. Walter Thurman is a former Oregon Duck, right. just to throw that out there. Um, and another former – Seattle player. Too. Correct. Like, uh, they, he was in the Giants at the Giants for a year, but did right, spend right, the first right. yeah, two yeah. years of his career in Seattle. Um, then probably the one of all the Eagles things that happened, this one they probably liked the most on the surface just because, again, you know, it's one of those take away a player, add a player, you know, it, it's a, a double win on the surface. The, the Eagles signed former Cowboys running back to Marco Murray, who had an incredible year this season for the Cowboys. They signed him to a five-year deal with $21 million guaranteed. Um, I don't like it. I I don't well, like it because of the years for certain. Right. But when I, I look at it this way, and again, this is trying to be optimistic about it because it's been up and down. And I tried to stay level with all these moves the Eagles were doing. It's stuff they did this week. But anyway. Signing him, like, part of it is you took him away from the Cowboys. So 
if you're going to pay a little bit more to take him away from the Cowboys, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but the guaranteed money, I'm, I'm okay where the guaranteed money's at the years might be a little bit of an issue, but uh, I think, um, you know, a lot of people are talking about, they're worried about that. He's going to wear down. You know, I think his touches are going to be limited, you know, not like benching, but they're going to have like a heck he's of not a going to have to carry it 400 times. Right. They said last year, the Eagles had four tight ends, three running backs. They're almost guaranteed to have four running backs and three tight ends this year, especially since they released Casey. Right. You know, and, and so I, I can see it definitely kind of staying in that mode. And, you know, I'd be surprised if he has, I'd be shocked if he had 300 touches this year, you know, including. You got to think with Sproles and Polk plus right. another guy we got to right. talk about. Right. And I, I kind of like this because with the other things we're going to talk about, Sproles is going to have more of a chance to be less of the change of pace running back and more of, I mean, he'll still be a running back, but out in that receiver. Oh, W. Kind of like offensive the, right, weapon. Right. He was kind of like, when you're handing the ball off to him, he can get big, you know, he can get big chunks and he did last year. But, you know, I, I like the threat of lining him up in the backfield and then, you know, you split him out to the slot or something like that. I, you know, Chip Kelly, he he is kind of crazy, but is he, like, crazy smart or is he just crazy? And we're going to have to wait and see <laughs> um, which is going to be. However, and I'll talk about this more kind of when we talk about some of these trades. A lot of people, I think, are, like, were at least jumping off the bridge and, like, panicking. I'm like, what 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 are they afraid of? When Chip Kelly took over this team, they were four and twelve. They're a four and twelve team that hasn't won a playoff game since two thousand eight. I'm, you know, if, if you're going to do it, and they talk about this all the time, head coaches, they talk it like Herm Edwards, all those guys. Do it like, your way. Do it your way because you're going to get fired one way or the other. Right. Right. Andy Reid did it his way, you know, and he it, stayed it there for like fourteen right. seasons. It was successful, and then it ran out, and he was gone. Chip Kelly, this is this is your first shot in the NFL. He can always go back to college if he wants. Right, yeah, because someone will give him a chance. Do if Bobby way. Petrino can get how many chances, Chip right. Kelly will certainly right. get a second chance. Oh my gosh, yeah. So why would you, you know, if you're if you're going to have Chip as your coach, I feel like you've got to go all in. You can't be like, oh, we want to implement some parts of what you do. No, that's not how it works. It's it's the whole deal. And if you were going to be that way, it was a terrible hire for a head coach. Right. You know what I mean? If they weren't going to go all in on Chip's philosophies, it's a terrible hire. You don't want to hire someone and then micromanage everything right. they do. Or then castrate them and be like, I'm sorry, that's not what we want to do. Right. Then yeah. you shouldn't have hired them. Right, exactly. You got to so, roll with it. You got to. You. Absolutely. I completely agree. Uh, okay, running down the other Eagles transactions, they added another running back in uh, in uh, Chargers running back Matthews. They also added uh, Packers cut linebacker um, Joe, Brad Jones. They also added another linebacker, but this time in a trade, and this was a big one. They added uh, Oregon, former Oregon linebacker Kiko Alonso of the Bills in exchange for LaShawn McCoy. The Bills then gave LaShawn McCoy a uh, big contract extension, a lot of money. In Philadelphia, Alonzo will most likely team with Michael Kendricks and form a pretty crazy good inside linebacker duo really if they both can stay linebacker. healthy. Right. Alonzo has torn his ACL twice in the last uh, four years, missed all of last season. And uh, that's kind of a theme for the right. Eagles trade here. I do kind of find it funny that a lot of fans were angry that they've gotten guys coming off of ACL injuries. We're the same people who are angry that they didn't sign Macklin, who has right. multiple also ACL injuries. Right. Like, 
it's just a thing where most fans are just well, you, thinking you, you, you talk to fit your own narrative. Like, when right. you're a fan and like a diehard, you don't want to listen to, you know, you don't want someone to be level-headed. You just want everyone right. to be all in with right. you. So, I mean, it, you know, I look at it. I, I like what I've heard about Kiko Alonso. Um, you know, hopefully he can stay healthy. Because if he can, it could be dynamic with him and Kendrick. Kendricks in, in the middle there for the Eagles. I like the trade for both teams. One, yeah, absolutely. because the Bills didn't really miss a step on defense without him last year. Right. Not that, not to say he's and not good, but they had guys to fill in. Coach now. Right, exactly. Like, and the Bills needed a right, running back. At the time, I felt like that's what the Eagles were doing, too. Chip was saying, I don't need a top three running back in the NFL because – in the system, I can get production. I'm not saying top three production, but I can get production out of a guy who I'm going to pay a heck of a lot less to. Now, that's not what they ended up doing. You know, they ended up paying a guy a lot of money um, to take that spot. Look at it. They get Kiko Alonso, they get DeMarco Murray, and they got Ryan Matthews. That doesn't happen if they just resign McCoy. You know, um, that those options wouldn't have been available. So, it did kind of open some things up, even though the money-wise, you know, they ended up spending the money, but they have to spend it anyway. Now, you can't just sit there grossly under the cap like you used to be able to and just bank that money. We're going to talk more about NFL free agency trades and whatnot on next week's show. Um, so we'll wrap up the NFL talk this week. We'll, we'll finish next or we'll start next week with more Eagles discussion, leading off with the other trade that, that happened, which was a surprise of oh, switching God. quarterbacks and, and rotating draft picks. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of talk about saying, there in chip. We trust we're, <laughs> we're good. It's where you, you have to be there. You why can't not? be any other way. Right. Why not? Like that, that's basically, why would you bring him in as the coach? If you weren't going to let him just go all out. And, and there's, so a, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. There's plenty of other trades to talk about as well. And we'll dedicate all next week to the rest of the NFL off season. Um, and, and dive more into the Eagles talk and touch on some of the other teams that I know our listeners are interested in. Uh, but we really need to move on to uh, the NCAA March Madness selection show just ending, wrapping up. The brackets are done. They're talking analysis now. And we're going to dive in right away. Now, I know entering it, I looked at the bracketology on ESPN, Joe Lenardi. Uh, he projected his one seed to be Kentucky, Villanova, Duke, Wisconsin. I think that was that's that's exactly completely right. How it worked out, yeah. um, and I didn't haven't seen pretty much any of the brackets, so I don't know if his other stuff worked out. He had Georgia, BYU, Colorado State, and Texas is just in. Temple, LSU, Boise State, and Ole Miss is, as being like playing basically the last four in, and then missing out. He had six teams: Indiana, UCLA, Miami, Florida, Old Dominion, Murray State, and UConn. I know UCLA made it. Okay. Um, so did Indiana. Indiana's a 10 seed. Okay. All right. So a couple minutes. Now, this was a couple hours ago. I don't know if you updated it or not. But let's pull up the bracket. Oops. Let's make this a little bit bigger here. All right. And okay. Let's just go like this. All right. There's the bracket. If you can see that, if you're watching, I'm not sure how well you can see that. But um, all right, so we know the number one seeds, probably pretty straightforward. Was there any doubt as to who the top four were going to be, Adam? We, you and I both talked about this, you and I this morning and you and I yesterday, Joey, about the one seeds in particular. I feel like Virginia got a raw deal. Um, obviously, the big talk has been about injuries, and that's a common theme throughout with a lot of these teams. You know, Virginia had a solid season. Uh, they lost at home to Duke in the regular season. Um, you know, 
since then they lost Justin Anderson to a, a hand injury, broke his thumb, or no, broke his pinky. I'm sorry. Um, then ha- while he was out recovering from that injury, he had an emergency appendectomy. So he comes back surprisingly early and plays in the last two games of the ECC tournament. Yeah, a couple weeks ago we were like, oh man, they need to make it out of the first round just to have give him a shot to play. Right. Wrong. He played this week. That's he unbelievable. Did. And he played bad. Right. To be honest, he played bad. He was not himself. Uh, he could not make, make a shot. Um, but it's difficult shooting with uh, your pinky and ring finger wrapped together yeah, really. uh, on your shooting right. hand. Um, but he's back. You know, and if he's playing this early, by the time they really need him, which looking at the brackets is now the first weekend because they have a really tough second right. round game against most likely Michigan State. Um, and we talked about how Tom, is, Tom Izzo in the in the tournament is oh just brutal. Um, yeah. You know, I've had everybody said like. In college basketball, the months are like you know November, December, January, February, Izzo, April. <laughs> like if it, his Pretty team, much. his Ouch. team, regardless of what you think of them in November, they're always ready to go in March. Like it's unbelievable. So uh, you think Virginia deserved a one then? I do, and and the biggest thing, though, everyone's argument is well, you know, about Duke and Virginia is Duke and Virginia did not make the conference championship. And I completely understand. They both got, quote-unquote, upset in the semifinals of the ACC tournament. Okay? But let's look at who they got upset by. Yeah, North Carolina. North Carolina and Notre Dame, who are top 20 teams. Notre Dame is a three seed. North Carolina is a four seed, you know, in the tournament. Right. Whereas who who did Villanova beat? Right. Who's the best team Villanova beat? Probably Kansas. No, no, no. I'm talking in their conference tournament. Oh, in the conference tournament. Providence and Xavier. Providence, nope, because oh, got upset. Oh, you're right. You're right. They beat Providence and Xavier, who are both six seeds. Right. Okay. Yeah. Who who they seriously, who'd they beat? Wisconsin. Who'd they beat? They beat Michigan State in overtime today. Right. And they honest, were down eleven with five minutes left. Michigan State wasn't ranked. No. Duke and Virginia lost to top twenty teams right. on a neutral floor. I think I think and this is just what I heard other people talking about was um because of the way Virginia didn't dominate towards the end of the regular season, I think they lost two out of their last three games, maybe, or something like that. Because just the way it was set up with buys in the ACC tournament. They got like upset that. by Louisville, right. at Louisville, by one point. Right, and it's Louisville. Right, like, right. exactly. Like, um, I, I'm i kind of surprised because you hear a lot, oh, you got to look at the whole picture. you got to look at the whole picture. Well, in my opinion, what they did here, I – and this is a little bit of a homework because I root for Villanova. Like I think Nova got, you know, got the a one seed. But I think what happened was Wisconsin. Looking at the way they seeded them, Wisconsin got a one with they're like thirty one and three, and they've had a great year. Like don't get Absolutely. me wrong, but one of those three is kind of a lopsided loss at Wisconsin, where they never lose to Duke. Mm-hmm. Now I know that was early in the season, but. Virginia split with Duke. No. Virginia and Duke played once. Oh, did they only play once? Sorry. I, 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 oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so, you know, like, I I just, I think, I don't know. I think they, they talk a lot of, it's the big picture, you got to look at the whole thing. I think with Virginia, they got very short-sighted in the last two, three weeks. Absolutely. They put um, all their eggs on how they looked the last couple weeks, which the tournament committee always says they don't do. They don't put much stock in the last 10 games. Well, and, this, this and, and then this is the thing. In theory, because Wisconsin's the fourth-ranked number one seed, mm-hmm. Virginia, they don't even have them as the best number two. No. Do they? Nope. They've they got have them Arizona. As, right. Like, they have I, Virginia as the right. so third. They have, 
right? They have Gonzaga would be the next. Who is ranked? Virginia right, it goes that way. Well, it would be Who? Arizona would be Wisconsin. So then, then Gonzaga. Right. Gonzaga. Then Virginia. Virginia. <laughs> so, yeah, they Virginia. have. They dropped. They, Virginia. They dropped Virginia to number seven overall. Yeah. yeah. Well, when maybe they, not. When, maybe not because there there's they, certain rules that the weird. committee does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. So they wouldn't have matched them up with Duke Right. They anyway. wouldn't have won Virginia and Duke. Now, right. normally it's just a first round or a first weekend game if they can avoid it. But they wouldn't. I don't think well, they won Virginia and, and Duke in the same round. And bracket. I don't know where these games are at. So they may have put them closer to home as the two in the well, first round. In the first round games, it doesn't matter. They Duke and Virginia will most likely be at the same site, even oh, though they're yeah, different yeah, brackets because yeah. they're just split up by right. pods. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like they may have like put those games, put them in a bracket so that their first round game. Right, but what I'm saying is which bracket you're in. Like, you can be in the West bracket. Oh, yeah. And you you can play your first round game in Philadelphia. Right, right, right. right. I'm just saying like the, the that doesn't matter. It doesn't happen until the right, 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 right. Okay, well, all right. So you gave your take on the number one season, who you thought maybe got screwed a little bit. Let's just quickly run down um, the brackets, and then we'll turn to you for a little discussion, maybe on what's your most interesting game, or, and maybe where your upset would be. All right, well, let's start in the Midwest with number one overall Kentucky. They're going to play the winner of Hampton Manhattan. Then 8-9 is Cincinnati-Purdue. 5-12, there's a, the famous 5-12, is West Virginia-Buffalo. 4-13 is Maryland and Valparaiso. 6-11 is Butler-Texas. 3-14 is Notre Dame and, what is that? Northeastern. Northeastern. Yeah. 7 is Wichita State against 10, Indiana. And 2-15 is Kansas-New Mexico State. Of those matchups, Adam, what do you think will be the most exciting for – official first round game i know second round that's yeah, so no. stupid i heard they are dropping that after this year are they really yeah what would be the most exciting matchup in that first group and maybe who should be on upset alert well when you're looking at upset alert i i find it hard to say that an eight nine or a seven ten game is an upset alert i, I look at those as being very more evenly matched yeah, very, yeah there's a lot of parody in those games and like and actually in terms of like spreads and things some, a lot of those nine or ten seeds will actually be the vegas favorite absolutely um, which is, you know, the seeding can mislead a little bit there. Um, you listen to a lot of experts, and ironically, I've gotten a chance to watch a lot more basketball this year than I have in years past, just from being up late at night. Um, <laughs> Funny how that night. works. Um, I got to watch a lot of baseball last year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel much more well-versed in basketball right now. Um, but as much as I, I've always loved Butler, they are in trouble. Texas is a team that has gotten better and better as the year goes on. They are very athletic, um, can get up and down the floor. The Big 12 was a loaded conference this year, and, mm-hmm. and the CBS showed a, a stat. You know, Big 12 and Big 10 had seven teams each. ACC had six. I think the ACC got a raw deal. I thought Miami deserved to be in as well. Yeah. Um, but the Big 12 is loaded, and Texas is very easily can win that, that first-round game against Butler. Um, the other team that's very dangerous is the other Big 12 team that I'm seeing in this bracket. Uh, well, there are a couple other Big 12 teams in this bracket, but West Virginia is a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. They've played their last couple of games without two their two best players. Uh, Jawan Statton's been out with an injury. Um, he's missed he missed the entire Big 12 tournament and a couple of games before then. And then his backcourt mate, um, I, I can't think of his name, he got hurt in the Baylor game, the first Baylor game at the end of the regular season, uh, when Gaithers rolled up on his ankle diving for a loose mm-hmm. ball. Completely legitimate play, not dirty whatsoever. Uh, just a freak yeah. accident that happens when, you know, one guy's going for a loose ball and he dives on the floor and the other guy doesn't dive on the floor and you can get rolled up on. 
Um, so I think a lot of that depends on injuries. If West Virginia is healthy, West Virginia is a dangerous team. Uh, that well, West Virginia-Kentucky game, if, if that ends up say, in the Sweet 16, could be interesting. Don't get me wrong. It's not going to happen because Cincy's going to run into UK in that second in that second round, uh, and I think Kentucky Don't count out them. Purdue. Purdue's I, I, young yeah, yeah. and talented. I just mean, it would be really cool to see a Sweet 16 game of Bob Huggins against Cincinnati. It, True. It won't happen. Mm-hmm. Like, they would require a few upsets, <laughs> but um, of – Massive proportion, but it's it's not like that would just be cool a cool thing to see there. I saw on that bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, West Virginia, uh, you know, like I said, Huggins can have his guys ready to go. Uh, in, they they tend to do well when they can get on a roll in these tournaments sometimes, and they buy in. West yeah. Virginia, I, coming into it, I I said that two of the most dangerous teams that I, as a Duke fan, I didn't want Duke to face were West Virginia and Baylor. Because of their athleticism, right? the way they get after it, they, they trap hard. Um, the problem that West Virginia is going to run into is, first of all, I, obviously Maryland's a very solid team. Maryland yeah. ranked eighth in the country this week and is a four seed. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know shocked. how that works. I was um, obviously, they, yes, they lost to Michigan State, but dropping them to a four seed, that, that's a tough fall. Right, um, right. The problem that West Virginia is going to have is if they do run into Kentucky, which very well could happen, Kentucky likes to get up and down the floor and they leak out and they will throw the ball over top of that, their trap and could lead to a track meet, which West Virginia probably wouldn't win. Right. No. Um, But still the athleticism in that game would make for a very interesting matchup. Yeah, I, I agree that. So there, there's some interesting ones there. Um, You know, when you look at, uh, Buffalo, it's their first time in the tournament, you know, coached by Bobby Hurley. That's right. That's right. Dookie. Um, you know, so I'm sure he's prepping, you know, for for their game and not watching the I hate Christian Leitner uh, special <laughs> tonight. But um, you know, it, it is haters gonna hate. It, it, it's gonna <laughs> like there are some interesting first round games and some interesting games as you as you kind of get into that into that bracket as well. Um, so we'll have to see. I you know Kansas at the bottom there at two. That's kind of I don't know. I, I like Kansas. Only because I picked them one year and they won the whole thing and they won the tournament for <laughs> that one the year they beat Syracuse. Um, I think so. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. So you know, like it, it's been, it's been, uh, you know, but they, they're up and down so much, Absolutely. and that's every year under Phil. Yeah, it is every year. Up and, down, and that's so. an interesting match, potential elite eight matchup. I don't think it will happen. No, but Kentucky, Kansas, Kentucky waxed Kansas by about. 40. Yeah. I don't remember the final. I know they beat UCLA by 40, but it, they, they drilled Kansas early in the year as well. Um, Notre Dame is very dangerous. Obviously, we saw what they did they through the ACC the tournament. Out, man. And that's the thing. Like Everyone says defense wins championships, and I'm a firm believer in that philosophy, as you well know. When you're hitting shots from 35 feet, <laughs> there's no defense going to stop that. But offense can definitely win a game. Yeah. Offense can definitely win a game. You know, you don't have to be the best defensive team. You're going to shoot the lights oh, out. Just, yeah. And there are a couple teams in this tournament that can easily pull off some of those upsets. And I'm looking at a bunch of those 6-11 games as being uh, examples of that. Yep. Yep. So. All right. Um, unfortunately, we don't have a ton of time. So we're just mm-hmm. going to make this real quick with the other parts of the bracket. In, in the East, if you pick up one of the first round or second round uh, games that – Maybe it will be more interesting than you'd expect based on seedings. What would you pick? I think you got those that five twelve in northern Iowa, Wyoming 
Wyoming's a dangerous team. They had a couple injuries early in the year. Um, and because of that, they lost some got they lost some games and they got healthy and then they came back and ended up winning their conference tournament. They got some guys that can shoot. They can fill it up a little bit. And Northern Iowa is very good as well. Um, but that'll be interesting. And then right next to that, I'm looking at that 4-13 game. Louisville obviously hasn't been the same since they uh, let Chris Jones go. Um, they lost a little bit there in the guard play, which hurts them, especially with the pressure and, and their style of play. Playing against Cal Irvine, who – Is that the team that has the biggest guy in the seven, tournament? Seven, six. <laughs> seven, six. Eight, eight seven, foot wingspan. Six. Eight foot wingspan. And he's not just like your oaf of a seven six guy. No. He can run, right. he can move, he yeah, can he play. Plays. Wow. I, I think his name is Muhammadu Injai or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And but to go along with him, they got some guys that can fill it up from the outside right. as well. You know, that's that's a very dangerous four thirteen game. Yeah. All right, look at down south now and where your dukies are. I love that bracket for Duke. <laughs> that is that to me is the weakest bracket. Well, that's I good love, for you then. I love, and I mean, I'm, we're all Duke fans, really. I mean, yeah, we have no yeah, problem no, with Duke no. here. I know I a lot the, of people do. I love the fact that they have Georgetown as a four and Utah as a five in that bracket. Right. Utah, yeah, just not that, not impressive. I know they're ranked and everything like that, but not impressive. Um, and the couple times I got to watch them play, uh, now I watched them play Arizona and Oregon and you know some of the top teams out of the Pac-12, but just they have the uh, Delon Wright who you know is I guess Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.